0: Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. Brand new show for you for a Tuesday, November 5th. So very happy to have you joining us today. We got a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because Steve Ashton's going to stop by. Everybody's a little happier when Steve Ashton comes by. Remember, we were asking last week whether the Brits celebrate Halloween or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Steve's on hand to answer that and also address uh, another holiday in the UK that he feels uh, Halloween is now overshadowing, and he's very cheesed (laughs) off about it. He blames (laughs) us for Halloween, basically. So we'll get into that with Steve a little bit later on. Of course, all your entertainment news, all your phone calls, of course, as well from the Ralph Report hotline, and because it's Tuesday... It is TV Tunes Tuesday, where we take an in-depth look at one of your favorite TV theme songs of all time, including the television show that it accompanied and the history behind it. Today's a really good one. I think you're going to enjoy it. So let's get right into the show, since it's so jam-packed, starting with you guys. We love it when you reach out to us, when you uh, either write us an email or you can reach out to us on social media. For uh, those who don't know, I am at Ralph Garman on all those different avenues. Eddie is at Eddie Pence. Although I meant to bring this up. Yeah. Do you have two like Facebook accounts? I have a fan page and then my personal page. Okay. Because when I type in Eddie Pence,
1: there's like several come up. There's a bunch of Eddie Pence's out there I didn't even know about. yeah, Yeah, there are. But
0: I know yours, your bio is me. That's yeah. how I know yours is you. Yeah. So, that, that's, so. That's, that's that's how I identify that's, you. I
1: think my picture is a Cobra Commander. Yes, exactly. That's Cobra me.
0: Commander. And then in the bio, it says me. So I assume that's you because who else would say <laughs> they're else, me? Who else would be? That's right. If it's not me. So you can reach us there. Steve Ashton is at Steve Ashton mostly unless it's at Steve Ashton 1509. Again, I gotta I got to work with him on that. <laughs> Uh, But the best way to reach us is to call up the Ralph Report Hotline. It is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can leave a voicemail for me. And what I do is I go through them all. And then I play some of the ones that are uh, most particularly interesting to ourselves and to the Garmy. The phone number, in case you do want to leave us a message, is 1-833- Hi, Ralph. Love listening to all your voicemail messages. Let's talk to the folks who left them. Uh, For us today, shall we? In a segment called Garmy on the Line.
1: The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ross
0: gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Yeah! (laughs) Let's talk to Marie first from Brooklyn. (laughs) We were mentioning it was Ralph Macchio's birthday this week, and then we started talking about Karate Kid, of course, what he's best known for, and the sequel now on YouTube, Cobra Kai. Well, Marie's got a special message for Eddie.
2: Hey, Ralph. This is Marie from Brooklyn. This is actually a message for um, Eddie. Uh, You guys were talking today about the Cobra Kai series on uh, YouTube, and Eddie was saying that he didn't watch it because he didn't subscribe to the YouTube Reb. However, mm. for Cobra Kai, at least for now, uh, Season 2 is completely free. Mm. Uh, it's a promotional thing we're doing to get more attention on the show. So you can actually watch all of
0: Season 2 right now, and the first two episodes of Season 1 are also free. What? And rumor has it, next season, Season 3, which is uh, in production right now, yeah. will be totally free. What? So, Eddie, watch. Enjoy. l b there you go, Eddie. I might have to. No man, excuse. No excuses. You can watch at least season two and a little of season one. I'll free, do it. Free, gratis, might do that. no charge. I just didn't want to pay for YouTube, but I'll well, do you it. you don't if have it's free. To, according to Marie. Thank you, Marie. That's a good tip, Thanks not only for, for Eddie, but yeah. everybody. Uh, speaking of good tips, we mentioned during this day in history, I believe it was, last week. Mm, I forget uh, anyway, we're talking about the uh, diphtheria vaccine, the first time the vaccine was uh, released and how effective it was. And so we heard from a gentleman who has a little tip for everybody, especially this flu season. Hey, Alvinetti, Joe Wilds, Glenn Gardner, in New Jersey, three-star general. Calling about uh, Friday's show where you mentioned about the diphtheria vaccine. I work in a pharmacy. I just wanted to remind everybody, please get your flu shots. It's not too late. And also, they do make a Tdap shot now, which is tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. You get that every 10 years. The flu shot, of course, is every single year. Please, everybody, get vaccinated. Love you. Ain't it? Bye. Yeah, get your vaccines, of course, unless you're Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> and you just just guess who's singing underneath the mask, and that protects you from all kinds of illnesses. Uh. But the flu shot, and I was doing some research on this, it has an an effectiveness best served at the beginning of flu season. So this is it. They usually recommend by the end of October. So right now, if you're going to get a flu shot, this is the time to do it. I got mine already. Especially if you're a kid or if you're older, those are the folks who really run into serious trouble with the flu. Most of us feel like shit, but it's not deadly. But it can be deadly in cases of uh, kids and older folks especially. And I found out that according to the CDC, it it increases your likelihood of not getting the flu by about 50%. That's pretty good. So you're 50% less likely, I guess I should say, to get the flu if you do get the vaccine. That's pretty good. I don't remember the last time I even got the flu. I can't even remember. Yeah. I I don't either. And I've, I've, uh, I have to take uh, Joe's advice. I have yet to get my flu shot, oh, so I got to get on. I that. got mine. Thanks for the reminder, Joe. Uh, vaccines work. Don't let anybody tell you different. Uh, also, we were doing the Smugglers' Blues yesterday. A lot of people seemed to enjoy that yeah. segment. People who were sticking things inside themselves <laughs> to get them in and uh. or out of prison, depending on which the way they were going. A lot of people enjoyed it. Nobody more than Chuck, however, not because of the segment, but because of the theme song. Hey, what's up, Ralph
1: Vanity? It's Chuck P from Des Moines. Had a quick one. Gotta mention, Glenn Fry, Smuggler's
0: Blues, yeah. Miami Vice soundtrack. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck a, yeah. He's excited. He's very excited. Wow. Uh, he hadn't heard that song in a while, apparently. <laughs> he was very happy to hear it. That was uh, the song yesterday. Some folks were asking, that sounds familiar. What was that? It was indeed Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry of the Eagles in his solo career, and it was on the Miami Vice uh, soundtrack. <laughs> and if you are uh, a fan of the Miami Vice soundtrack, I think you're going to like today's TV Tunes Tuesday. Too much of a hint? Might have been right on the head. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee. Yeah. Uh, Guarantee. You probably know what TV Tunes Tuesday is now. What? Yeah. Okay! (laughs) So, a little tease for an upcoming segment. See if you can guess what theme song is going to be on TV Tunes Tuesday. All right. And uh, lastly, Jeff called in. When I end this particular segment, Garmy on the Line, I mentioned that you, too, can be featured here on the Ralph Report. Uh, Jeff's a little confused, I think. Ralph, you are killing me, man. Sorry. This is Jeff, a very disgruntled general. Since you started the Ralph Report Hotline, mm-hmm. I have been doing as you instructed and have called in every single day because I am a
1: huge
0: fan of theirs. Yeah. Each day, I get excited thinking this will be the day, but you have yet to follow through with your promise. Mm-hmm. So I ask you, when? When? Are you going to feature you too on your show? Yeah, I just. This is the longest segment tease I have ever experienced, and I'm not sure how much longer I can wait. No, I think you're misunderstanding. I think you're thinking you too is going to be on the show. And I say you too can be featured on the show, <laughs> meaning you also, you as well, Y O U T O O. Simple misunderstanding. You too yeah. can be featured on the show if you call Simple. in. To the Ralph report. Is that hotline. how you get all the subscribers to join in? A lot of people you think. Keep teasing people. Bono's going to drop by, and we're going to have a little <laughs> chat here. And if that helps, look, feel free to keep believing. But Jeff, no, I'm sorry. There's been a slight misunderstanding. Uh, as of yet, we have not booked <laughs> you two to be here on the program. Um, you didn't play the theme song. Oh no, me yeah, I
1: did. No, you didn't go. Blah blah. I blah, didn't do blah. blah. Didn't blow, I don't blah, think blah. you did. Really? I don't remember you going. Blah
0: blah blah blah. I thought I blub, blub, blowed. Fuck, now I don't remember.
1: Well, I don't now, think you did.
0: Well, now we got to go back. We got to stop recording. I don't we think you go did. go back on the tape. And we got to listen <laughs> I, to see if I did the segment or not. I don't think not. you did. I thought I did. No, I don't think you did. Are you sure
1: I didn't? Blub, I don't remember going blub, 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 blub.
0: All right, we're going to go back. We're going to rewind the tape. <laughs> we're going to listen to it. And then we'll rejoin you. So I ask you, please hold.
2: Remain on the line. A
0: representative will assist you shortly. And we're
1: back. <laughs> oh my
2: god. What is it?
0: it's wrong? Yeah. You'd think I do a lot of drugs. You would think. Now I'm starting to understand yeah. more and more the longer I get to know you intimately. Exactly why you don't drink or do drugs. I'd be a wreck because you're a you're a mess.
1: I really I really did not think you did it.
0: Well, we just rewound the tape. I know. And uh, absolutely did it. Oh, fuck. I'm yeah. sorry, everybody. No, it's fine. Ruined the
1: whole show. Better
0: better to check, double check, and then uh, be correct. than. I too. really have no memory of it happening.
2: Hmm. Eddie. What have you done for me lately?
0: Unreal. You stopped the show. I know that much. Uh Fuck
2: you, Eddie!
1: (laughs) Yeah. Eddie's terrible. I deserve all of that. Yeah. I have to leave in the whip.
2: You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real.
0: (laughs) For real. I apologize everybody that's fine sorry because now we're back just in time to do the closing oh, <laughs> for this segment oh
1: god I've flattened so up right we, at the
0: end we took a little we took a little break we went on hold we came back sorry. and now I can invite everyone oh. first I can thank everyone who called in today and I can also invite the rest of the Garmin because you too can be featured here on the Rob Report but you gotta take that first step you gotta call me
2: call me I'm it's the
0: Now, do you know if I played the Call Me segment not? I or don't if remember. If I played that, I you? might want to play it that again just outro. to make sure. Yeah. I must have had a head injury I don't know about. <laughs> Maybe you snorted a balloon full of uh, marijuana and it got lodged <laughs> inside I'd your brain. I put it up my ass. Sure, and then and it, migrated <laughs> it migrated into your sinuses because <laughs> that's how science works. <laughs> All right. This is a good start. We got one of those uh, gas leak shows going on. Oh, damn it. I'm sorry. This is going to be strong. All right, time for us now to look in the rearview mirror. What we do on this segment is to uh, take a look back through time and find out what happened on this day, November 5th, in history.
2: Um, 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 Ralph's about to solve another mystery. Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine? Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen? Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary. The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please. And tell us what went down This day in history.
0: On this day, November 5th in 1605, remember, remember, November the 5th. Oh, yeah. V from Vendetta. Yes, but also yeah. a real thing that well, happened that, that in real, real life. Thing too, but... That was a comic book and a movie, but <laughs> this is an actual real thing. I tend to meld the two. I know you do. Uh, it was the gunpowder plot. Catholic conspirator Guy Fawkes attempted to blow up King James the first and British Parliament By uh, taking a ton of kegs of TNT and putting it underneath the House of Lords, and he was going to uh, light it up and blow everybody's smithereens. But they caught him. They stopped him. And so on this day in the UK, they still celebrate uh, Gunpowder Plot Day, Guy Fawkes Day, as it's now known, where they celebrate the fact that he did not blow up Parliament, Hmm. which is nice. Yeah, I guess. I think. Yeah, Depends yeah. on your point of view, I suppose. If you're interested in that holiday in the UK, you're going to love Ask a Brit later on in the show. Oh, does he talk about it? Too much of a hint, you think, maybe? <laughs> you think maybe too much of a tip-off <laughs> as to what Steve Ashton will get into on today's Ask a Brit? D. Yeah, you'll be interested if you like that story. On this day in 1639, the first post office in the colonies was set up in Massachusetts. The very first piece of mail ever delivered. Any guesses, Eddie Pence? Like what the package was? The very first piece of mail f- that was delivered by the first post office in Massachusetts in the colonies. Um, box of candy? It was not. It was a uh, 20% off coupon at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> it was the very first thing. or <laughs> not. How those many are, of those do they send out? Those are good indefinitely. They're, I know.
1: There's expiration dates on them, but they never honor that.
0: Here's my thing. Let me go into a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Because I get them all the time, yeah. and I'm a frequent shopper at Bed Bath and Beyond, yeah. and I love to use that 20% coupon. But it's it's forever, forever. Yeah, you can use it anytime. They send them to you by the dozens. <laughs> what are the odds that Bed Bath and Beyond simply marks up all of their prices 20%? I mean, are are it's, they just fooling us? Are we suckers?
1: Because you get there and go, oh, I got to go use this.
0: There's no way they can constantly be selling all of their merchandise no. for 20% off and make a profit. It's just not no. fiscally sound.
1: Because anyone goes in there should take 20% off. You should never go in there and not pay 20% off of whatever you buy. Exactly.
0: Buying. And it happens all year long. Yeah. There's no limit to the <laughs> sale and there's no <laughs> expiration date for the coupons. So we've all been suckered into thinking this is an actual deal, when in reality they must be marking everything up 20 extra yeah. percent on their prices. But it gets
1: you in there because you're like, oh, my God, 20% but off. But it's a con job. Uh, of course it is. Oh, my It absolutely is, but you still do it. I know. You think you're getting such savings.
0: Yeah, and then you go, oh,
1: my God, you guys don't even honor the, the expiration date. That's so great. You guys I've, are so nice.
0: I've had a, a lady at the cashier do you have your 20% off coupon? I'm like, no, no. She goes, oh, okay, and she'll pull one out from under the counter and use hers. She
1: just scans the tattoo They're on her They're never arm.
0: charging you full price there. It's a con job. Scam, con job, witch hunt. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> on this day in 1895, the first U.S. patent was granted for an automobile running on gasoline for a gentleman inventor here in the States named George B. Selden. He invented the gasoline-driven car. His, pattern, his patent was given to him eight years before even the Germans at, uh, at Benz, the Mercedes-Benz, and they're given the credit for being the inventors of the car. Huh. You know what ruined this guy? What? Henry Ford. Oh, really? And he sued Henry Ford when Ford started making his automobiles and saying, hey, I invented, I got the patent for the gasoline-powered automobile. Give me a little something-something. And so Ford, who had a lot more money, took him to court lost the case then refiled for an appeal and finally beat this guy down and by the time he was done the guy was penniless from uh, but he legal had the expenses patent. does but, that mean nothing well uh, ford said the engine that we're using the automobile design that we're using does not draw from the cre- the invention that he patented so there shouldn't be any copyright infringement because we're working it with a completely different set of tools if you had never existed he said i would still have invented the same car And everyone said, it's just simply not the case. They took what he did. Right. Then they augmented it and tweaked it and stuff enough so that it was different enough that he could bankrupt the guy in court.
1: I love Mustangs, but Ford was a piece of shit. He
0: was a really bad dude. And the more I find out about business history in America, the more I realize you can't be really rich unless you are a genuinely bad person. Yeah. It seems to be. You need to be completely devoid of any sort of empathy or sympathy, humanity, humanity, decency. You just have to be able to do whatever it takes to crush the competition. Yeah. And that's what Ford was. Wow. Yeah. So George B. Seldon, we salute you, even though you're well dead <laughs> and forgotten <laughs> and forgotten. Oh, man. On this day in 1895, the U.S. State, Utah, Utah, give me two. He accepted, uh, not he, but the state accepted female suffrage. You're allowed to vote in Utah. Oh, good for them! In uh, 1895, it was a lot earlier than it happened yeah. in the United States. Yeah, but I guess when you have that many wives, when you're living in Utah, you you have to let them do what they want, or else your life's gonna be a living hell, right? I would imagine. It's bad enough one giving you yeah, shit. But you have like six. Imagine Woo. all seven of them getting together and saying, "We want to vote." All right, whatever it takes. Genevieve, Louise, Evelyn, and other old timey sounding <laughs> names. Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> in 1916, Emperors Wilhelm ah! II and Franz Josef I established the kingdom of Poland. Germany and Austria-Hungary got together and they invented Poland oh. in 1916. Okay. In 1935, the Maryland Court of Appeals ordered University of Maryland to admit Donald Murray. Now, why didn't they want to admit Donald Murray into the University of Maryland, do you think? I don't know. He was black. In what year? 1935. Oh, God. The Maryland University, the University of Maryland, rather, was uh, denying him uh, access to the university because he was, in fact, a black man. And the Maryland Court of Appeal said, you know what? We think maybe you should just let him in anyway. It's below the Mason Dixon lines. Yeah, there you go. Also, on this day in 1935, the Parker brothers launched a board game, a little board game. That would live on forever and ever and ever. Any guesses as to what board game that was, Eddie Monopoly?
1: Pence? M-O-N-O-P-O-L-Y. Monopoly? Monopoly, 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 Monopoly M-O-N-O-P-O-L-Y Monopoly. I still don't think I've ever finished a game of Monopoly. Really? It gets to the point where you just... Stop!
0: Everyone no, just stops playing. Never. I've never gotten in i I've never not finished a really? game of Monopoly. It's you, just one want of a, my you want to crush activities. the competition? I want to Henry Ford those <laughs> fuckers right into the ground.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we just end up getting bored and stop after like two hours. How
0: can you get bored? Because you have to. It's pick, high finance. I... It's screwing the other guy over, paying People quit, rent. They don't want to rent. play. Well, you're playing with a bad bunch. I probably am. That is not. The way to have game to night two, at Pence house.
1: Yeah, but once it gets down to two people, then the other people just bail out. Jeez. And you're like, oh,
0: they're doing something fun over there. I'll go over there. Just play checkers or something there. and Play some jacks. Get it over with. Something simple. <laughs> I love Monopoly. I love this song, too. Although I think the girl singing is a little too into Monopoly, quite frankly. She seems a little too excited She's about the game. She's pretty turned on for Monopoly. When she hits the O's, That's <laughs> her O face, I think, is what <laughs> we're seeing there.
1: M-O-M-O. M-O. Wow. Monopoly, Monopoly, Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. I wonder how they directed her on that. They're like, hey.
0: hey, can you make that more orgasmic? Her game piece is the vibrator. <laughs> I'm going to be the top hat. I'm the race car. I'm the vibrator. Oh. oh. That's from the old uh, Monopoly uh, Daytime game show version of Monopoly. Really, in that's the song they used? That was the theme song. Oh, right? oh. Uh, On this day in 1940, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was reelected president of the United States for an unprecedented third term. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's when they decided, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't let presidents. We don't have kings here. Be any lo- uh, Be in president any longer than two terms. Maybe that'll be. The that's limit plenty for long for anybody because uh, no one wanted to let Franklin Delano Roosevelt go. He was a wartime president. I mean, you could see why they would like to keep things yeah, but status quo.
1: We, but. We're different. We're different than other countries. We shouldn't have that.
0: He was running up against uh, Republican candidate Wendell Wilkie, the legendary <laughs> Wendell <laughs> Wilkie. You know who was president in 1940? It uh, ain't Wendell Wilkie. It wasn't Wendell Wilkie. <laughs> Do you know what clip? Where what it is it from? Drum? Does it is familiar to you at all? The voice sounds familiar. It's from an old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's taking on the Gremlin. The gremlin's trying to destroy all the planes and bombs during World War II? Yes. And he goes, I think that might have been a gremlin. And the gremlin grabs him and goes, it ain't Wendell Wilkie. That finally makes sense. Now we know what that reference means. That finally makes sense. We know who Wendell Wilkie is. Wow. In 1953, on this day, How to Marry a Millionaire was released for the first time. Lauren Bacall starred along with Betty Grable and a young Marilyn Monroe. It's uh, important because it's the first film to ever be filmed and released in cinemascope. Hmm. which is that legendary widescreen yeah. used in the 50s. And speaking of the 50s, in 1955, on this date, time travel was invented by a gentleman named Doc Brown. Here's a red-letter date in the history of science. November 5th, 1955. Yes, of course, November 5th, 1955. Why, I don't get what happened. <laughs> that was the day I invented time travel. See? Oh. I didn't know that was historic. Now we can travel back in time. Huh. I, got uh, some, I got some things
1: I want to change. Yeah, really.
0: 1956 on this day, the Nat King Cole show debuted on NBC. Very first variety program to be hosted by an African-American. A lot of, you're going to find this hard to believe, Eddie, but a lot of uh, network stations on NBC refused to carry the Nat King Cole no, show. yes, not here not. in America. Well, south of the Mason-Dixon line. Oh, I don't know whether you count that as America Shocking. Or not, but in 1964, the U.S. launched Mariner 3. A satellite towards Mars, no data was ever returned.
1: Oh, that's creepy, man. It's still out there. Aliens.
0: Yep. They grabbed it. It's going to come back. 1979, Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini declared the U.S. the great Satan. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) It's nice he gives us the benefit of being the great Satan, not the good Satan. We're just an okay Satan. We were the great Satan. We're
1: America. We're going to be Satan. We're going to be the best Satan. We're number
0: one. We're number one. In 1981, former Dolphin Mercury Morris, who was really one of the great kickoff specialists of all time, guy could return kickoffs like nobody else, was sentenced to 20 years for drug trafficking, conspiracy, and possession of cocaine. Now we know why he was so fast on the field. In 1987, U.S. Supreme Court nominee Douglas H. Ginsburg admitted ashamedly that he had used marijuana and then withdrew from consideration to be a u u.s supreme unreal. Court judge unreal the stuff that people would ruin careers yeah a mere 30 years ago yeah now it's not even a blip and then 20 there's news nothing cycle. you could do Ugh. it's crazy gary hart yeah <laughs> I mean, right had an affair Kay- had an affair can you imagine wow the shame unreal. ruined his unreal. political career yeah devastated crazy 2015 Japan first officially recognized the first same-sex couple union there in Japan. This is 2015. This happened. This is a mere four years ago. Better late than never? Koyuki Higashaki. Nah, I'm sure that's right. Koyuki Higashi and Hiroko Matsuhara were the first officially recognized same-sex couple there in Japan, in Tokyo. And on this date in 2018, speaking of coming back... NASA's Voyager 2 probe left the solar system, Mm. becoming the second human-made object to ever reach interstellar space. So it's out there somewhere in space, collecting data still. V'ger's coming back. And V'ger will return. As you know, I leave the food-related days in history for the end because it's always fascinating to hear whether Eddie Pence eats something or not. Here's how we play. I will describe the delicious food to you. The Garmy and to Eddie Pence. Less so to Eddie Pence because he doesn't think everything is delicious, (laughs) Mm -mm, even though everything I I talk about is delicious. Mm -mm. Then what we'll do is we'll pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of the items come up on the reels, there's a big payout. And that means Eddie Pence eats the food. Otherwise, if those reels are mismatched, Eddie doesn't eat it and uh, we're all set. Now... Eddie may, in fact, ask if I even pulled the handle of the slot machine. We may have to go back to the tape to listen to see if I it did. <laughs> it's happened. a 50-50 shot. It's very possible. <laughs> Let's find out what happened on this day in 1492. Christopher Columbus, on this day, first learned about growing and harvesting a strange vegetable he had never seen before. It was in Cuba, and the indigenous population there grew it. Um, it was called maize, but, of course, later on, we came to know it as corn. And uh, corn to this day is the most widely distributed food crop in the world. It is uh, eaten, of course, not only by us, but it's also uh, a a grain used to feed livestock. It's used as biofuel, as raw material in industry. A lot of uses for corn. Um, Around this time here in the United States, sometimes you'll see that uh, multicolored Indian corn that's used for autumn harvest decorations. Corn was first domesticated by Native peoples in Mexico about 10,000 years ago, they druther. Native Americans taught European colonists to grow the indigenous grains, and since its introduction into Europe by Christopher Columbus and other explorers, corn has spread to all areas of the world that are suitable for its cultivation. Here in the United States, we love it just about any which way, including popped. However, we can all agree that the best way to eat corn is a fresh ear of corn. Corn on the cob boiled up, slathered with butter and salt. Yum, 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 yum. yum Does Eddie Pence eat corn on the cob? How will we find out? Oh, I know. We'll pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Here we go. We got one cob, two cob, three,
2: three cob! cob. <laughs> Eddie Pence eat corn on the cob! <laughs>
0: I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. Because. Ew, it's like you got to touch
1: it with your hands to eat it. And then. Not if you get it, those little prongy things you put it, it in the end. It's like
0: sometimes there's stringy things. sometimes I don't like the stringy thing.
1: You got to be on the stringy oh thing. God. They get stuck in your teeth. I don't it like them. It seemed
0: like it would be way too messy a food for you. you no, seem I like, like a good corn on the cob. Well, I'm with you. I think it's delicious. I love a good corn favorite, on the cob. One of my favorite Popcorn, meals. corn on the cob.
1: I even like just the corn kernels you buy in the can. All right, Bubba. Corn, corn,
0: corn cob, corn. Popcorn, popcorn, corn and can can, shrimp corn, corn salad, it's corn good. bread. I actually like corn in my burrito. You, wow. little, you go to Chipotle, you get
1: some corn put in the burrito. Look at you. Big corn fan. Well, now we know. It comes
0: out the way it goes in. Oh, stop it. You had to ruin it. We were having such a good time. <laughs> that's the best part about it. You can recycle it. I've heard if you put an, a kernel of corn up your ass, eventually it'll <laughs> go into your sinuses because that's how the body works. <laughs> that's it for today's this day in history
2: i pity the fool who ain't been school by ralph recently he's dropping college level knowledge with such accuracy it got my head spinning faster than a drunk eddie and i'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity i hope cooperman loves my beats because that rhymes with lmb and that's a wrap for the ralph report today in history 15 cents a
0: day y'all hey there it's ralph garman here i hope you're enjoying the show and if you are That's p a t r e o n dot com slash the report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Uh, Seth Myers has a new comedy special premiering today on Netflix. Hey, speaking of comedy specials, any news about the Unspecial? Um,
1: I was talking to them last week, Comedy Dynamics people, and uh, I should be hearing something back this week, paperwork wise.
0: Outstanding.
1: So we'll see. Keep us posted. I will keep you
0: guys posted. Seth Myers has a Netflix special debuting today. And because it's on Netflix, it's, they're offering a very special feature. That you can only get on Netflix, and it's kind of an inside joke between Seth Meyers and his audience. And I think it's pretty clever. You know, uh, Seth, of course, is the host of uh, Late Night on NBC. Yep. And he is known to make one or two Trump jokes. Yes. So when he announced his comedy special, he said, this was my defense and response to anyone who would say, oh, let me guess, you're going to do a lot of jokes about Trump what they're featuring on netflix is there will be a, a button on netflix while you're watching that will allow you to skip any joke made about trump like their skip intro button when right. you when you right. uh, binge watch a series you don't have to sit through the intro every time right it'll be in the bottom corner of your screen and you can click on skip joke and it will go past any trump jokes <laughs> if you happen to be a trump fan and you want to see the special but you don't want to sit through any uh, trump that's jokes that's good they, by sh- they should Meyer. let the
1: snowflakes not get their feelings hurt. that's
0: right it's a safe place it's a safe place for the so people against. don't get triggered by uh, the comedians jokes about the president so that's that's clever idea that's good that he says he doesn't truly really expect anyone to use that feature however because if you're tuning into a seth meyers comedy special you're more than likely uh, not a big uh, yeah supporter i've of never the president. seen his stand-up he oh, was really? he was
1: an improviser in
0: Chicago. Yeah, and then a, a writer, for, then a a writer for SNL. And then a writer for SNL. I
1: actually saw him the night before he got signed by SNL at Improv Olympic here. He used to be on Santa Monica Boulevard. This was like nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine, before he literally the week before he got signed to SNL. He was oh, doing wow. he was doing his show. Uh, he was on co- a tour around country
0: and I saw him and
1: uh, he was a great improviser. I'd never seen his stand up
0: though. Um he do you watch Lay at All? I do. I do. He's that his opening monologues and his segments I think are just spot on. Some he, of the yeah. He was the best snl um headline reporter the news segment reporter yeah. on that show f- for many a he year. was great uh, he was one of my favorites for sure so um, i'll be checking this out speaking of television they are uh, making the equalizer again now the equalizer used to be a show on cbs about an old british secret service guy who would uh, help people who were in trouble yeah edward woodward played the role it was a really cool show and it was cool to see an older guy kicking ass and sort of being a, uh, a, a badass. You don't yeah. see that on television a lot. It gives us hope. Right. And then they made a feature film version, two films with Denzel Washington playing the Oh, equalizer. yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they're bringing it back to television. And in this reboot, Queen Latifah is going to be the equalizer. Okay. Now, listen, I think Queen Latifah is a very talented lady. However, I wouldn't think if I was in trouble... If I needed the A team wasn't available and I needed to, to call someone up for some help, I don't know if Queen Latifah would be my go-to. I don't know. I'd be afraid of her. Would you? Yeah. She seems tough. I guess maybe. Anyway, she will play the Equalizer, the enigmatic figure who uses her extensive skills and background in espionage to help those who have nowhere else to turn. So, yeah, it's just a pilot. We'll see whether it goes okay. to series. I or saw not, the first Denzel Washington movie. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah. And I saw the second one too. Uh, Melissa Leo was in it. Uh, my old wife from Red State, and uh, equally brutal. Yeah. It's it's not for the faint of heart, but Denzel, mm. now I'm scared. Queen <laughs> That's Latifah. That's true. Like, you know, I mean, I'd, I think I'd rather have Denzel I don't know. than Queen not I think we could talk things out, Latifah and I. <laughs> Here's good news. We've been talking about the Ant-Man movie coming back and my pal Peyton Reed coming back to direct. Well, in the world of comic books, they've just announced that Ant-Man will get his own comic book series for the first time in years. He hasn't had a regular series since uh, the conclusion of the Astonishing Ant-Man series in 2016. There's been an Ant-Man and the Wasp miniseries that Marvel put out last year around the same time of the movie. But now they're taking the character, Scott Lang's Ant-Man, and they're going to make him the star of his own regular comic book there huh. at Marvel. Not only will it feature Scott Lang, but also his daughter Cassie as featured in the film. She will be sort of the Robin to his Batman, and they will both be size-shifting heroes fighting against evil. It'll really? be written by uh, Robot Chicken writer Zeb Wells and it will be available in comic book stores everywhere February of next year. So you got to wait till February 2020 to pick up Ant Man number one. Yeah. Marvel I- does
1: a nice job of retconning some of their their old titles to fit into, to get to dig-
0: gen dig- up interest for the MCU movies. I don't think enough um, comic book movies do that. I think comic book movies are so popular and yet sales for comic books yeah. are still so anemic. It would be a great way to inject some new life into the industry if you took some of that audience and tried to yeah. shepherd them back into the source material and let kids learn how to read comic books. Again. Yeah, I think the Marvel's been doing I think they're doing it with the Immortals and some of the other ones, too. Because so, when was the last time you saw a kid in a comic book store? <laughs> it's usually dudes my age. Exactly. When you walk in, it's, it's like us, just looking yeah. around, looking at, at books. you and when I was a kid, going into comic book stores, it was just wall to wall kids. Yeah. It looked like Chuck E. Cheese in there.
1: Yeah, I, but, tra- I take Colton in, and it's just me and him as a child and then other adults. Does he read comic books? Is he interested? Yeah, I, have, I pull up, I pull up my old books, and he'll
0: he'll force him to read them.
1: A, yeah, force him to read them. Read this. Read take it. his face S- and rub S- it into guard. the ink. Get off YouTube. So he's
0: got stuff smeared all over his face. Like silly putty face. I guess. I mean, I sound like an old man. Kids should read comic books, but I guess you're right. It's why they've got too many other choices there are other there are other entertainments that they find much more interesting yeah. than sitting down with an old piece of paper yeah. with some pages and leafing through it, yeah, it but sounds... when i was a kid that was the oh ultimate it was the best excitement i'm reading a new issue a brand new issue <laughs> of something <laughs> look mom i'm reading oh comic book day was lay off best. and uh speaking of my nerdiness if you look around this bat cave you can tell i uh, have a weakness for collectors and collecting well there was a big auction over the weekend Julian's Auctions held an auction on behalf of Olivia Newton-John. She is selling off many of her belongings, in fact, 500 different items from her own personal collection to raise money for her breast cancer car- uh, charity. Sadly, Olivia Newton-John is currently in her third battle with the disease. Mm. So she is auctioning up or did auction off this past weekend, 500 personal items from uh, her career. And uh, the big winner was her skin-tight black pants and leather jacket that she wore at the end of Grease as Sandy when Sandy turns into yeah. a slut. So hot. Tell me about it, stud. She came out smoking and she hey, put it she out. Sw- she's not coughing or anything. Oh, it's great.
1: She's never had a cigarette before and all of a sudden she just... Cause she threw up earlier in the movie because she she's smoked She's just
0: one. that hot. That's why. She came out in that little off-the-shoulder number and the black leather jacket and those skin-tight pants. Huge hair. God damn it. I <laughs> loved her so much. I'm. I'm not even saying like I had a crush on her. Or I lusted after. Her. I genuinely was in love with Olivia Newton-John yes. back in the day. This is true. She was gorgeous. So uh, it sold at nearly double what they expected to. They thought the um, the entire outfit, pants and jacket, were estimated to sell at auction for two hundred and sixty thousand dollars, but they ended up going for over four hundred thousand dollars at auction. Oh man. Yeah, the, the jacket alone went for uh, $243,000. The pants for one hundred and dollars And it's funny, the pants were actually from the 50s. Costumers got them from the 50s, and she said the zipper broke when she was getting dressed for that scene, so they literally had to sew her into the pants in order for her to perform oh, in man. that scene, which for some reason makes it even hotter for her. <laughs> Other items that went up for auction was uh, her pink ladies' jacket with embroidered Sandy name on it a signed grease script from all the cast and this is what got me like you could have the grease stuff her white cowboy boots from the 1980 film xanadu Whoa. xanadu as much as well documented as my love for olivia newton john is my love for the movie xanadu is even more so because let me tell you something people scoff and say it's a bad movie i would wager Mm -hmm. any amount of money, Mm -hmm. that Xanadu is the best film ever about a Greek goddess muse coming to Earth to get an artist who paints oversized album cover art to open his own roller disco ever made. That'd be a hard bet to beat you on. I I say it's the best one of those movies (laughs) ever with the greatest soundtrack. I would buy those cowboy boots and I would just... Oh, God. I would just huff them. Jesus. I would be like uh like Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet. That could ruin like, it for you. <sighs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, that'll, do, that'll do boots. Uh, that'll,
1: do, that'll do
0: boots. What I if just... they smelled really bad? Yeah, right? That would ruin it for right? you. Right? No. That's what no. I'm saying. Foot odor is foot mm, odor. Not when, it's, not when it's Olivia Newton-Johns. Mm. Oh, oh, man. Oh. I can imagine. And maybe I could scrape some DNA out. of oh, her foot? And I could not gonna clone her foot. I could clone the whole Olivia. Oh. <laughs> I could get a 1980. Get a of Olivia <laughs> Newton-John. Be perfect. I could put a flashlight inside the boot. I fuck the boot. And I could also clone my own 1980 Olivia Newton-John. Oh man! I need a I'm too excited. I need a little of this. <laughs> Gave him the strength to open up his own roller disco when everyone else said it couldn't be done. <laughs> you don't know, man. I don't. I really don't. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthday's All These Stars Born on November 5th. Actress Tilda Swinton, the human chameleon. She, she doesn't look the same twice ever. No. Unless she's out in public, and then she looks like... David Bowie with all the blood <laughs> drained out of him. She's very David Bowie-like. She She's very Bowie-esque and very pale. Oh. And very sort of otherworldly. She should play David Bowie in a biopic. I believe she did. Oh, she did? Yes. Oh. I bet. I think they did. I think they used oh, they, her. Oh, right. They used a bunch of different people exactly. to play. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I think That's she right. was one of them. She's 59 years old today. Guitarist Kevin Jonas of the Joe Bros, The Jonas Brothers. He is 32 years old today. I'm a sucker for you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Luke Hemsworth from Westworld. He is 39 years old today. Imagine being the lesser good-looking Hemsworth brother, and still looking like that. Yeah. If his brother didn't exist, if Liam didn't exist,
1: he'd be the hottest Hemsworth. Luke
0: would be like, like beyond handsome. He'd be like the heartthrob of the nation. But, but. It's just, it's, he's not. He's not Chris. He's like. He's, like mm. he's not Chris. He's not Liam. He's Luke. And he's defiled himself with what's her face. Yeah. No, that that was Liam, wasn't it? No, I thought it was. Was it Luke? Was it Luke or was it I Liam? Maybe Liam. it was Liam. I, Liam I, don't, I get them him mixed up. I do too. Chris is the only Hemsworth. Chris is is he's, he's, the, he's, Hemsworth. he's the Hemsworth. He's the Hemsworth. Yeah. But I guess it was Liam. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. My bad. I'm not even going to bother to stop the show again. Don't. This I'm morning. wrong. Uh, he's 39 years old today. Singer Art Garfunkel is 78. Art, probably best known for his longtime partnership with Paul Simon, of course, as Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, Simon may have been the brains of the operation. May have been the a brilliant singer-songwriter who uh, who drove those hits. But I got to tell you something about Art Garfunkel. His voice, like an angel, this guy sang.
1: Like a prince That guy sings. I mean, how far do your balls have to go up Man. into your body to sing like that? Beautiful.
0: Actor Robert Patrick from X-Files and, of course, uh, The Terminator. He is 61 years old. Imagine how happy he is not to be in the new Terminator movie. <laughs> Initially, he was probably pretty bummed. Now he's like, he dodged I a God. bullet. Singer-actress Andrea McCardle is 56 years old today. Andrea was the very first Annie on Broadway. That's Ooh. where she became famous. Okay. Any idea what city Andrea McArdle is from, Eddie Pence? You want to take a guess? Um, Philadelphia.
2: You're goddamn
0: right! Yeah. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Imagine having the pleasure of singing that for the first time and not being beaten down like the rest of us have <laughs> been over our lives with that song over and over again. Like it's brand new. It has been so nice to hear it fresh for the first time before everybody was so fucking tired of that song. Actress Tatum O'Neill, speaking of child stars, she's 56 years old, daughter of Ryan O'Neill, of course. Still the youngest person to ever win a competitive Academy Award. Huh. She won in 1974 at the age of 10 for wow. Best Supporting Actress for the movie Paper Moon that she was in, opposite her father, Ryan O'Neill. Singer Peter Noon of the legendary uh, British invasion band Hermits, Hermits. He is 72 years old today. Woke
2: up this morning feeling fine. There's something special on my mind.
0: What movie do you think of when you hear that?
1: Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Wait, no, wait, no, that's not it. That's Calendar Girl. Yeah. That's Calendar Girl.
0: This is uh, Naked Gun. That's right. Him and uh, Priscilla that's right. Presley. That's when or... they get in their body condoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Damn Peter Noon was the lead singer of Herman's Hermits, and it was one of those like Hootie and the Blowfish situations. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thought he was Herman, because <laughs> he was the lead singer, and they were Herman's Hermits, but there was no Herman. <laughs> Very confused, I'm not It's a bad name to uh, <laughs> to come up with for a band. If you're going to name your band something. You should be the name of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actor Sam Rockwell is 51 years old today. Boy, I love him and everything. Uh, did you see that um, uh, Fosse Verdon thing? That no. Is it good? So damn good. He's brilliant. Guitarist keyboardist Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead turns 48 today. <laughs> Actor Corin Nemec from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. More important recently, he was a star of Rotten Tail. Story of that guy, oh, who's yes. half rabbit, half man, who starts right. killing people at Easter. I didn't see that. Yeah, 48 years old today. Singer Brian Adams, Canadian treasure, Brian Adams is 60 years old today. Not to be confused with singer guitarist Ryan Adams, who also celebrates a birthday today, but I don't like his music. So, singer Brian <laughs> Adams, we're celebrating your 60th birthday today. <laughs> That's it for Celebrity Birthdays today. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beats. And now it's time to check in with our old pal Steve Ashton. You know, a lot of times we have questions about how things work over there in the UK. We're so lucky to have him on staff. Just as I mentioned last week, we were saying, I wonder if they celebrate Halloween over there in the UK. Well, today we have our answer. And we'll also talk about this particular day, November 5th, and its meaning there in the UK. You have no You have no way of knowing what he's gonna be talking about <laughs> i can't about. wait it's time for us to ask a brit i want to ask a brit i want to ask a brit i want to ask a brit
2: Back up. remember remember the 5th of november it's funny you should say that, because we've had a one uh, letter come in from Thomas in Culver City. Where is that, by the way? Culver City is a
0: near 20th Century Fox Studios on the west side of Los Angeles.
2: So it's a real place, because it sounds like a fucking made-up name from a Western movie. <laughs> Hello, my name is Everett Silas Wallace, and I'm the sheriff of Culver City. Anyway, so uh, Thomas in Culver City says, hey, Steve. I have an Oscar Brit for you. Ralph and Eddie didn't know if you folks celebrated Halloween in the UK. Dot, dot, dot. Well, dot, dot, dot. Do you? LNB from Thomas. That's short but sweet, Thomas. Not unlike my penis. <laughs> apart, apart from the sweet part, that tastes more like kale and asparagus. Oh. So... So this kind of coinc- is in coincidence with, with today's uh, events, really. So to answer your question, yes, unfortunately, we do. The bullshit excuse for time off work or time off school has made it over here and usurped one of the great British celebrations, which is tonight, Bonfire Night. But going back, these days, children take to the streets and beg for confectionery, much like your greedy progeny. Um <laughs> But that wasn't always the case. As a child, we'll, we would marvel at your American tradition of dressing up as cowboys, as Native Americans, racist, or the, or the homeless. And then walk up and down the street demanding candy under the threat of property damage or rank vandalism. Um I I think we were probably introduced to that practice when we saw the movie E.T., where the terrible parents have allowed their children to roam the streets and commit trespass upon their neighbour's property. But, of course, these days, this celebration, which essentially has its roots in Gaelic, and pagan rituals has overtaken Bonfire Night in its popularity, mainly, I think, due to grassroots indoctrination by Big Sugar. Oh, boy. It, it's a conspiracy. So what do you know about Bonfire Night, Ralph? Well, I
0: know. Uh, remember, remember, the 5th of November. It's about the uh, the, the Guy Fawkes, uh, the failed Guy Fawkes plot to kill the king and, and destroy parliament.
2: Exactly. And it's not a an annual celebration of gay rights, Guy Fawkes. Um <laughs> It's an annual commemoration observed on November the 5th today, primarily in the UK. Uh, but its history begins with the events on 5th of November, 1605, when Guy Fawkes, who was a member of the gunpowder plot, was arrested whilst he was guarding explosives, the dozy prick, um, that the rest of the plotters had placed beneath the House of Lords. Now, do you know what they were trying to do?
0: Well, I think Guy Fawkes was a, was a Catholic, right? And so he was angry because the king was a Protestant.
2: There you go. Now, they were attempting to assassinate King James I. See, your lot again, Ralph. Um, <laughs> not, But to be fair, Catholics had been persecuted for generations, so they did have a legitimate beef. Um, celebrating the fact that King James I had survived an attempt on his life, uh, people lit bonfires around London, and months later, the introduction of the observance of the 5th of November Act enforced a public day of thanksgiving for the plot's failure. Quite the fucking egotist, it seems James <laughs> I was. Uh, within a few decades, gunpowder treason day, as it was known, became the predominant English state commemoration, but as it carried strong Protestant religious overtones, of course it became a focus for anti-Catholic sentiment. Um, now during increasingly raucous celebrations, common folk such as probably my ancestors, burnt effigies of popular hate figures, such as the Pope, Um, and presumably Corden's ancestors, (laughs) because I'd imagine his cuntiness goes back generations. Um, But the the present-day Guy Fawkes Night is usually celebrated at a big organized local event with, like, the Lions Club and the Round Circle and the Masons and whatever shady shadow organizations organize those. And they're centered around a bonfire, extravagant firework displays, and overpriced shit food, in my experience. But when I was a young man, Ralph, my friends and I, it was like the big focal point for the year. Um, what we'd do is we'd, we'd fashion a Guy Fawkes sort of facsimile from old clothes and rags and a deflated football for a head. And we'd sit outside the local pub and beg for money. And we'd say, penny for the guy, mate. And then we'd get the money from the drunk people and then spend the earnings on cigarettes and cider. Um, <laughs> We'd, we'd also then go on to practice arson by collecting spare wood from local businesses and neighbors and build a bonfire, uh, which we would light on bonfire night and throw the guy effigy on. We drink the cider, smoke the cigarettes and then try and finger girls. <laughs> um, of course, popular hate figures have been used as the Guy Fawkes facsimile this year. So Donald Trump, Boris Johnson cordon round right no, at my house no so so there you have it there's a bit of a twofer answering the, your lame question thomas and giving you a bit of background about guy fawkes night or bomby night as we used to call it so if you'd like to ask a brit make it better than thomas's eh <laughs> oh, come on have a heart send me an email steve at the ralph Report, dot com.
0: thank you so much steve you're welcome Thank you, Mr. Ashton. And now, because it is Tuesday, it's time for us to turn our eyes to our television sets and take a look at one of the most famous TV theme songs of all time. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's I like that one, yeah, you do. Mm. Again, there's no way you could possibly know what show we're going to be talking no. about today. Not with that clue you gave, so if you've vague. Been listening to the show, so vague. Uh, today we're talking about a legendary TV series from the '80s. Legend has it that the head of NBC television programming, Brandon Tartikoff, was brainstorming one day, and he wrote down a memo that simply read "MTV Cops." <laughs> he said he later presented it to series creator Anthony Yurkovich who was formerly a writer and producer for Hill Street Blues there at NBC. And Yurkovich himself had been taking a look into a cop drama that focused on an interesting concept. He learned that the uh, forfeited assets of drug dealers were able to be used by law enforcement agencies. They could confiscate the property of drug dealers and use it for official use. So they got to use all the cool cigarette boats and all the sports cars and and the boats and all that kind of stuff. And he thought that was an interesting wrinkle. So they put those two things together and he turned out a script for a two-hour TV movie pilot called Gold Coast. It was set in South Florida in the Miami area. So as you can probably guess by now, they changed the title. Of that show, here is Al from the Garmy asking for today's TV tune. Hey, Ralph Al Prado from Altadena. TV Tune Tuesday. Two words for you, my friend: Miami Vice with uh, Sunny Tubbs and uh... Sunny and Tubbs. I guess yes. And yes. The, the the intro song sunny with the uh, the girl with the nice booty in the yellow bikini. Yeah. Oh man, brings yeah. back memories. Anyways. Uh-huh. Uh, my suggestion for TV2 Tuesday, love you, mean it, bye. Yeah, Yeah, I love that girl's <laughs> booty too. It is, of course, Miami Vice, unlike any other standard police drama ever. It really did change the, the landscape of television at the time. It was unheard of. No one had ever seen cops in that format, in that style, using those fancy boats and those cars and dressing like that. Uh, Miami was a fresh landscape as opposed to cities like New York and Chicago and Los Angeles, which have been mined to death by cop dramas. It was really very much of the 80s, influenced by 80s new wave culture and music. And music became a huge part of that show, of course. Uh, They borrowed heavily from songs of the day instead of coming up with uh, scored music that was created by a composer just for the tv show they would go out of their way every episode sometimes spending up to ten thousand dollars or more per episode to buy rights for original recordings to play on that show it was like mtv you would hear hits of the day on that show and you weren't hearing that on any other television show on network television Here are some of the artists who had their songs featured on miami vice uh, throughout its uh, run on television roger daltrey duran duran Power Station, Devo, Sinead O'Connor, Jackson Brown, Kate Bush, Meatloaf, Phil Collins. Of course, Phil Collins legendarily had that in the air tonight scene yes. where they're driving that, that I think it was a Corvette, really slowly at night down through the center of Miami Beach. Awesome moment. Um, Brian Adams, we were just talking about him. Tina Turner, Peter Gabriel, Pink Floyd, ZZ Top, The Tubes, Dire Straits, Depeche Mode, The Hooters, Iron Maiden, Alan Parsons Project. Corey Hart, Glenn Fry, U2, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Farner, The Police, Ted Nugent, Billy Idol, Suicidal Tendencies, the list goes on and on. They, Man, they were must all have featured. spent a
1: fortune on music. They had a
0: huge That's crazy. music budget because they had to pay for the rights to put those shows up. But, but it started to flip because at one point, the show became so popular that the, um, the music publishing houses were coming to the producers saying, would you put our song in your show? Yeah, because they give a
1: huge bump. I would exactly.
0: Uh, the listenership of a of a of a uh, record would be enormously increased just by being featured on Miami Vice. It started to turn songs into hit songs versus borrowing hit songs for their television program. Uh, a lot of celebrities, uh, musicians even guested on the show. Phil Collins was an actor on the show. Glenn Fry, Willie Nelson, uh, Sheena Easton, Gloria Estefan, Gene Simmons even stopped by. And of course, the theme song was equally legendary. In fact, a single version of that song was released and it hit the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100. Jan Hammer was the name of the uh, composer for that show. Not only did he do the theme song, but he did all that distinctive synthesized instrumental music for the entire show. He He scored the show as well. They came knocking in the fall of 1984, excuse me, 1984, and the producers asked him, If he could not only score the series, but come up with a catchy theme song to uh, capture the excitement of Miami Beach and the cop show they were putting together, he sure did come up with it. Here is Jan Hammer's Miami Vice theme. Such a great intro, and I remember watching that show feeling like you couldn't wait for what was going to come yeah. next. It built such excitement for that program. At the time, Don Johnson was just this golden god of television, and the partnership with him and, and Tubbs, the, the white guy and the black guy teaming up. It was just such a hip, cool yeah. show. And now when you watch it, it is not aged well. <laughs> it is very much part of a time capsule that you would open. Most from, of that stuff does not From 1985. That's true. The 80s were not kind to many of us. And some of us still choose to dress that way, but that's me. What do I know? Thank you, Al, for suggesting Miami Vice, truly one of the great theme songs of all time for this TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. What's like that one yeah me too I remember <laughs> ever james almost from that show yes he was the chief right yeah he yeah. was their lieutenant Her or lieutenant. their boss or whatever and i remember watching that show i think i said i think there's something wrong with that guy because he was always like yes come in my office <laughs> i need to talk he's to like he was so like super intense <laughs> and monotone i thought they hired a guy who's like mentally damaged or something he was terrifying <laughs> to me it turns out he was just acting What do you you know? Sometimes actors can be choices he made. Yes. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. It was a lot of fun. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be equally as fun. Uh, I think we're going to have Steve Ashton back again to do a little UK update for us. We'll have all your entertainment news, more phone calls from you, the Garmy, and uh, um, Friday. (laughs) Let me try that again. Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do we do on Wednesdays? I can't remember <laughs> what? what we do One on Wednesdays. One hit Wednesday. wonder? Oh, you're goddamn right. <laughs> That's what we do. That oh, someone's going to be upset because we didn't uh, do it the right we way. we do it the right okay, way. Okay, let's do it the right way. Um, Jeez, what happens on uh, Wednesday? I just... Um... One hit wonder? <laughs> you're goddamn right! <laughs> there you go for you purists. We're tomorrow, talented. Tomorrow we really will be... One Hit Wonder Wednesday as well. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to open the windows, get the gas fumes (laughs) out of the room here, and we'll be much more professional and coherent tomorrow. I guarantee. I guarantee. Join us tomorrow, won't you? Love you. Mean it. Bye.